Hey, what's going on? I hope you had a really good Thanksgiving week. I actually am traveling this week, so there's no new show, but I do have a really good show that I'm going to share with you. It was all about that statistic about 70% of people either feeling disengaged or just not liking the jobs they're in. I mean, 70% is a lot of people. And so it obviously raises the question, like, what can we do today if we're part of that 70% that just feels a little disengaged or just doesn't like exactly what we're doing with our job? So that's what the show is all about. I hope you enjoy it and I'll catch up with you next week. Welcome to the Possibility of Today radio show. This weekly series mixes entertainment with inspiration and information to help you learn how to live in a different way and take advantage of all the possibilities of today. Do you want to find the way to your something more and live life to the fullest? Then you're in the right place. Host Sybil Chavis will guide you through an exciting journey of self-discovery and transformation so you can be entertained, be inspired, and be informed. Now here's Sybil. Hey, have you heard about the latest Gallup poll? It reported that 70% of Americans either hate their job or are just totally disengaged from work. Tess Vigilant, who you may have heard of, she is an author and she used to be on NPR radio. I was at this conference and I heard her speak and she was talking about this statistic during the speech that she was giving. Listen to what she shared during a summit in Portland called the World Domination Summit. You may have heard that Gallup released a poll just a couple of weeks ago showing that 70% of the workforce in America, 70% is disengaged from the workplace. 70% of us. 70%. I mean, that's really high, wouldn't you think? Would you say that you fall into that 70% of people that just feels disengaged or unhappy about your work? Maybe it's not something that you feel all the time, but perhaps you just have those days (laughs) where you feel less than thrilled about your job or the people you work with. And it's just interesting, I thought, because there are really so many people who feel this way. And there, of course, have been many companies and just HR professionals across the board that have been trying to fix the problem, but haven't really been able to do it. I mean, even those companies that we hear about all the time that provide these amazing perks, you know, like ping pong tables and free lunches, and even they presumably are still having people that are working for them that are part of this 70% that just feel as if they're going through the motions day after day and just trying to survive each day in the office. And what else I thought was really interesting about this same Gallup poll is that not only did people report being dissatisfied, there are people reporting that they were bored, that they just could not handle working with their bosses. Listen to this clip from CBS News that also discussed some interesting facts about this poll. If you're unhappy at your job, you've got company. This year's Gallup survey of the American workplace finds 70% of employees are not engaged or inspired by their work. 18% are so unhappy they try to undermine their co-workers. The study also found that offering free food and other perks 
does not make workers happier. And they said the other problem was only 30% were happy with their jobs and with their bosses. Yeah. Yes. Now, clearly, there's got to be an issue, right? And this may not come as a surprise to you if it's something that you're experiencing, but obviously something has to be done to address the fact that 70% of people feel disengaged. And I think the solution is not necessarily something that just has to be done by these companies, right? Because if we're personally feeling disengaged, that's obviously something we want to do something about and not have to just go to work day after day feeling like it's just draining us. Actually, here is a little interesting fact, too. The average individual on any given day spends 8.8 hours working or doing some other kind of work-related activity, 7.6 hours sleeping, two and a half hours doing leisure work or sports or some other activities, and 1.2 hours caring for others, including children or their family. And as I'm sure you've noticed, 8.8 hours, the time that we're working, is one of the largest chunks out of our weekday. Now, to me, when I came across that, it just really drove the point home even more that 70% of people not being happy at something that they're doing on average 8.8 hours of a day really is an issue, right? It's likely, of course, that people are spending a good chunk of their day doing something that they're not happy with. So we're going to get all into this topic of work and specifically the topic of not feeling passionate or feeling disengaged at your job. And of course, most importantly, what do you do if this is something you're experiencing? Like, how do you fix it? Do you quit? What if you don't know what else you want to do? Or what if you feel that you need your job, but you really dislike it and just don't know what your best next steps are? Or maybe you just want to stay at your job and find a way to not be a part of the 70% and to get more engaged and to enjoy what you're doing and feel better about your boss or your coworkers. So we're going to talk about all of these topics today and, of course, some good solutions that we can start putting into effect because none of us want to be in the position where we feel trapped or that we don't have any choice but to continue doing what we're doing even though we know it's not working. And I've always just found it really helpful to hear other people's stories and what they went through and what worked for them. And when it comes to your job, if you step back and take a look at the situation and you are part of that 70% of people that feels disengaged or less than thrilled with your job, there really are only two choices. And the first choice is to stay at your job and make the best of it. And that means that once you decide you're staying, you've also got to say, you know what, I'm going to push through. And that means that I'm going to learn how to fall in love with this job or the very least in like with it and enjoy it more so that I don't have to go and do something for 8.8 hours of the day that just makes me feel disengaged. And the second choice or the alternative, if you do decide, you know what, I'm not going to stay and maybe it's something that you decide, hey, I'm going to quit soon or I'm going to quit in a couple of years or sometime in the future. Until that time comes, guess what? As I am sure you agree, you have to find a way to enjoy 
what you're doing and not just come to a job that drains you or that you're disengaged and you feel uninspired day after day. When we do that continually and just are not enjoying the day as we move through it, it sucks the life out of us. It's when we sit there looking at our watch, just waiting and praying for like the time to go by or, oh my goodness, it's almost lunchtime. It's like you're counting down from break to break. That drains us and it feels draining. And it actually prevents us from ever being able to get where we want to be. It's like we have this anchor around our foot that just weighs on us and keeps us firmly stuck exactly where we are. So if you're unhappy with your job, if you're part of this 70%, you're clearly not alone. There's 70% of people that are in this boat. But the first step is to definitely figure out, okay, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay or do you want to go? And the second thing that you've got to do, no matter what you decide, is figure out, okay, what am I going to do to start enjoying my days whether I decided I'm staying or I'm going. Because you don't want a job that's just continually taking all your good energy. And we're going to get into a technique that may actually surprise you that you can start doing right away. And it's going to immediately have an impact on how you feel at work, a positive impact. But before we get to that, I wanted to tackle that big question. That question, of course, is should you stay or should you go? Does it make sense for you to stay committed to your current job or do you need to decide to just move on and do something else? And this is probably one of the most common questions. Anyone who's feeling disengaged at work knows that this is a question you ask yourself continually. And it's definitely a personal decision and the only person that is ever going to have this answer is you. But what I have found is that it helps to hear how other people are approaching this decision and how they're handling it. I know hearing other people's stories and what worked and didn't work was immensely helpful when the time came for me to figure out, okay, am I going to stay here? (laughs) Am I going to quit? Like, what do I want to do? And I went back and forth with the question of, do I quit? Do I resign? Is this really the time to leave? Can I afford to do this? You know, what about all my responsibilities? And then of course the huge question, you know, what am I going to do after I leave? I think I was just like a lot of people and I found myself at a crossroad and I was there for a long time because it's easy, isn't it? To just kind of stay stuck and not really making a decision one way or another, especially if you don't know what your best next steps are and if maintaining the status quo isn't like totally killing you or unbearable. I mean, you can kind of just stay doing what you've been doing for some time. But when you are ready to get unstuck and make a decision about what you've got to do, how do you decide if you really leave your job? I mean, that's a huge question for a lot of people. It was definitely a big one for me. And it's, I think a lot of us are very appreciative to have jobs. But the reality is that if you are feeling disengaged, then you got to get to the bottom of it and find your answer. That's what I did. And my answer was that it was actually 
time to move on. And honestly, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. You know, it's not that my job was terrible by any means. It's just that I realized I was meant to create something else. And that was the possibility of today, which really is my passion. And I feel so fortunate that I found my way. And there continue to be more and more benefits because, you know, I did push myself to take this risk. And I can't even imagine where I would be if I hadn't done this. But again, quitting your job is a very personal decision. And the answer definitely isn't always that you should quit. You've just got to do what's right for you. And I actually came across this really interesting story. Uh, Again, it was from Tess Vigilant, who we heard from earlier. In case you haven't heard of her before, she's a writer, producer, editor, and radio show host. And in the past, she was a radio show host for Marketplace Money on NPR. And the show was really successful and it was doing well, but Tess decided that she had to leave, even though she hadn't figured out what she wanted to do next. As she explains it, she had to essentially jump without a net because she didn't know what she was doing or where she was going to go. This is an excerpt from a speech that she delivered at that same summit. And she explained why she decided that it was time to move on and resign. But in the end, it was a very personal reason why I left. An unhappy one that culminated in an afternoon of three hours of tears, after which my husband came home. And I looked at him and I said, I can't do this anymore. I have to go. And he looked at me and he said, okay, we'll make it work. I had to jump without a net. And one of the questions that, would, that it was suggested that I answer today was how you know when it's time to go. How you know when it's time to jump without a net. And what I'll tell you is that in my case, it was time to leave when I had too much self-respect to stay. That, and you know when you're so stressed out that you start losing your hair. So if that happens, pay attention. And as you can tell from that clip, it wasn't an easy decision for Tess to decide she was going to leave her job. And it's most likely not going to be an easy decision for you if this is something that you're considering. I know it was really tough for me. I mean, definitely on my list of top tough decisions of my life. And it's something that you really want to take your time with and make sure you find your way to your truth and what feels most right for you deep down. And also, one thing to be aware of is that the right decision for you may not necessarily be the one that immediately feels most comfortable. Listen to what Tess shared about how she felt about leaving. Now, please understand, I do not regret a single moment, not a single one at Marketplace, Maybe it was just time to go. Maybe this was just the time. And I truly loved it. I truly believe that I was meant to be there. Uh, It helped me become the journalist that I am today, and it helped me become the person that I am today. And for that, I will always be grateful. But what you can gather now is that when I left this dream job, it wasn't for another dream. It wasn't something that I expected. It wasn't something that I had planned for a really long time. 
I left a sure thing for the vast unknown, and it is easily, easily the most terrifying thing I have ever done, ever. And it really is true that sometimes you just know that you've got to go. And it can be terrifying, especially if you're unsure of exactly what's next or, as Tess explained, that you're leaving for the vast unknown. But I'm just a believer in finding your truth and doing what feels right to you. And if you do that, things just always have a way of working out. Now, I'm also a believer, though, that you want to make sure you're taking your time and you're not making a decision too quickly. It's definitely something you're going to want to spend a lot of time with. It's like that quote says, you know, never make a permanent decision on temporary feelings. I just live by that because this is by all means not a decision you want to make after you come home from work and you're really upset or angry. And it's also something that you're probably going to want to sit with for some time until you feel that you've found your truth. Also, you may be in the position where you can really take your time with it and decide that you're going to quit at some point in the future, but maybe that's not something you feel comfortable doing right away. And so you can just put it on a timeline. Again, these are all really personal decisions. And what matters most is that you find your way to your truth and what feels most right for you. And when I personally made the decision a couple of years ago to quit my job, in order to get to that decision, what I had to do is ask myself for a couple of weeks, you know, do I really want to move on? Like, am I seriously going to leave my job and my career? And I'd ask myself these questions and then I would just sit silently and just relax, just kind of turn off my thinking mind for about 30 minutes and just sit there. And after a couple of weeks, the answers kind of started rising to the surface and more and more realizations started pouring in. Now, again, just know that having the realization that it's time to go may not mean that you are 100% sold and comfortable with the idea of quitting and moving on. Even though today I can say it was the best decision and I can see all the benefits and how everything just came together perfectly just as I needed it to, back when I made the decision to quit, I was scared just like Tess described. You know, and I'm like, I'm ruining my career. And this thought would run through my mind even after I decided I was leaving. You know, and I was just like, oh my goodness, I am going to go and I'm going to quit my job. And in a year, I'm going to look up and I'm going to totally regret making this decision. But the one thing I knew was that I had found my way to my truth. And that really helped because I could feel deep down that I was meant to move on. And so I knew that those uncomfortable feelings were clearly ones that I was going to have to work through, but eventually the day would come when they would be overshadowed by the fact that I knew that I was following my truth and doing what I was meant to do. And your answer may be that this is just not the time for you to quit because I don't believe everyone is meant to quit their jobs. But what I do know is that everyone is meant to find their own truth and then to have the courage and to do whatever you've got to, 
in order to follow it. And that is why it's just so important, right? That you know you found your truth. Because a lot of times you're going to have to keep reassuring yourself for a while (laughs) until more and more things start falling into place. You may have to continue to reassure yourself that you have made the right decision. Also, if you do decide that you're going to move on, it's very possible, I'm going to give you this warning right now, that you're going to run into people that wonder what you're doing. And they are going to ask you why you think it's a wise decision to leave your job. They're going to ask you if you're sure. They're going to ask you maybe you should take some time and reconsider it. And that's why it's so important to know and to really be settled into what you want to do. Listen to how Tess describes the aftermath of quitting her job because people were just all really surprised. I will never forget the day that Marketplace announced in a press release that I was going to be leaving. It was the middle of last August. My cell phone started going off. My email inbox filled up right quick. My Facebook page exploded. But there's one reaction that really got my attention. And it was just six little words. What the hell are you doing? (laughs) Six words. 30 characters, actually, and I know that because it was a tweet. (laughs) And it was from uh, an old high school friend of mine, clearly a wordsmith. (laughs) Actually, he's one of the smartest people I know and a far better writer than I will ever be. Those six words were the most incisive reaction and certainly the most succinct. What the hell are you doing? And just like Tess, you may run into people that are going to question your decision if you decide you're quitting your job. I mean, I definitely ran into these people who, after I told them I was quitting, they'd raise one eyebrow and say, interesting. And not interesting in a good way, but interesting in a, are you crazy? (laughs) But again, All that matters is that you have found your truth and you're following it. And you know deep down what's right for you. And knowing that, of course, overshadows not only your doubts, but also anyone else who's going to question what you're doing. Now, another thing to know is that even though you may know that where you are, your current job is not where you're meant to be, and you've decided that it is time to move on, you may not really have an idea about what else it is you're meant to be doing. I know when I decided that at some point in the future, I was going to quit my job and do something else, I had no real idea what that something else was going to be or what I really wanted to do. And Tess shared having similar feelings and gave what I thought was some really great advice about taking your time to find your way to whatever it is that you want next. Listen to what Tess shared about how challenging it's been for her to figure out what's next. But I guess what I would tell you is that wherever you are in your career, in the timeline of your relationship with this thing that you do for a living, that sometimes you have to give yourself permission and sometimes you have to work really, really, really hard to figure out what's next. I did not think it would be this hard. I really didn't. Maybe I was naive. 
Maybe this isn't that hard for everybody. I'm certainly not the first to jump without a net. There are plenty of people who move in and out of jobs all the time and really enjoy it. Good on you if you're that person. Good on you. But don't worry about it if you're not. And by the way, the next person who tells me, just make it happen, gets a punch in the face. (laughs) I thought her comment about the next person getting a punch in the face was so funny. And I totally understand having that feeling because there's definitely times when you're trying to work through things and, you know, find your own way and people just say things and you're just like, huh? If it was that easy, of course I would have made a decision or they'll just say anything else that can just kind of bother you. And so I think what she shared is just helpful because it's not something to worry about if you don't know. And what I did when I didn't know was I just started every morning off with that question, what do I really want? You know, what means something to me? What's important? What do I love doing? What am I good at? And then I would just sit and relax and be with that question for like 30 minutes. And again, it's not about me thinking as much as it was just about me relaxing. And I'm sure you notice the pattern now about how I find my answers and the way to my truth. I just always ask myself questions and then sit there in silence and relax for at least 30 minutes. And I just continually do that day after day. And there's something about that, just settling your mind, that allows the answers to eventually surface, even if they don't surface right away. And as you move through the day, you start having more and more insights or aha moments And so this is just something I continually do. As I was talking about earlier, it's what I did when I had to figure out if I really wanted to leave. And when it came time for me to figure out what was next, this is also what I did. Again, I did start kind of thinking through these questions while I was still working in terms of what I wanted to do next. I didn't necessarily find all of my answers, but I definitely had some pointers in the right direction before I had even quit my job. And I highly recommend doing this process and sitting with this question. One, do you really want to leave? And two, you know, what do you want to do next? You know, really taking your time because it's important that you don't feel like you are pressured or that you have to come up with an answer or invent an answer that other people are going to like, but that isn't necessarily your truth. I mean, that's when you really can end up in the wrong place if you're trying to pretend or to be something that you're really not all for the sake of other people or to look good or just because you feel like you need to have all the answers and everything under control. Because as Tess also explained, this question of what do I really want to do next can be one that pushes us to think in ways that we really haven't thought before. Listen to how Tess explained it. But I tell you, inside my head, I was completely paralyzed. Completely paralyzed. Getting your brain to really, really open up to something totally different and new and all the possibilities that are out there is much, much harder than I ever imagined. Now, maybe it's not so hard for some of you. Maybe your brain is quick to absorb the idea that there's all kinds of things to do out there. Not mine. I did the same thing for more than two decades, 22 years in fact. So this question was really a doozy for me. 
but I think it's actually a doozy for a lot of us. And I think that's just an important thing to realize, right? If you're not really having an easy time figuring out what's next, understand that it really is a doozy of a question for a lot of us. Also, again, it's always an option to really think about this and to think through what you ultimately want to do next while you're working and trying to find your answers before you decide to quit. Tess actually shared this advice during her speech and said, you know, whether you've decided to stay or go, it's always just a good idea to make sure you're taking the time to dream. I do think it's wise, though, throughout your career to take a little time to reevaluate, figure out what it is that you really love about what you're doing, figure out what it is that isn't working for you with what you're doing. I didn't really do that very much. Um, I should have. So now I get to start over with this infernal question. What do you want to do now? And how are you going to make it happen? I'm not talking mechanics here. You know, I know how to network. I know how to read the books. I know how to go to websites that are going to help me figure out what my passion is. What I'm talking really about is how do I go about opening my heart, opening my brain to something entirely new, potentially. But I already stepped off one cliff, and I really think it was the hardest one. So bring on the next one. Bring on Act 4. What the hell am I doing? I am still trying to figure that out. But whatever it is, it will be remarkable. And I just loved that clip and actually being able to sit in the audience and hear her deliver that speech because there are so many great things that she shared. The first being, you know, that you really do need to have the confidence that once you find your way, it's going to be remarkable because it's common to kind of question yourself and doubt yourself throughout this entire process. And sometimes you just need to have a reality check that, you know what, you've always found your way before and you're definitely going to find your way to what you want next. And then it's going to be remarkable. And the other thing that I loved about what she shared is that you can tell how dedicated she is to the search. And like I was talking about earlier, you know, it really is just about asking yourself questions and sitting with them and just letting whatever needs to surface, surface in your mind. And if you commit to finding the answer and not just letting the question linger on and on and keep you stuck, you really can find your way. And since Tess actually delivered this speech, she's found some more of her answers. She's actually going to be writing a book on this topic. So stay tuned because I know it's going to be really good. And Tess also shared what I thought was some really good advice on redefining what remarkable means to you. Check out what she said. How do I get back to remarkable? Well, the only way to do that is by redefining it redefining what remarkable means to me. This is an exercise that I think is going to take a little bit of time because I'm not there yet. And I just thought that was such an important thing to understand, you know, that you really may have to redefine what you think you want or what remarkable means to you. I know I had to redefine it myself when I was trying to find my way. But once I did, 
and I settled on exactly what I wanted and what felt right, I knew what I was aiming for. I knew that if I could find something that I just felt deep down I was meant to do, it would be something that was remarkable for me. And I also came across some other excellent advice on finding your way to your passion, what you're really meant to do, you know, what your definition of remarkable is that I think is really helpful. Steve Jobs actually shared it with the graduating class at Stanford University, and I think it really can just help point everyone in the right direction if this is a question you're exploring. You've got to find what you love, and that is as true for work as it is for your lovers. Your work is going to fill a large part of your life, and the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking and don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. And like any great relationship, it just gets better and better as the years roll on. So keep looking. Don't settle. I just thought that was really great advice. And again, it's just about giving yourself an opportunity to find your way to what you really want if you do decide that you've got to move on from what you're currently doing. As Tess mentioned earlier, a lot of times that may require that you kind of take another look at things and redefine what remarkable means to you. And the question of should I stay or should I go? And if I do decide to go, what am I going to do next? Those are always big questions. And a lot of times they require some soul searching. So you've just got to sign up and begin the search if that feels right for you. But again, like we were talking about earlier, whether or not you decide that you're going to stay at your job or you're going to leave at some point in the future, what matters today is that you find a way to start enjoying your job regardless of what you're going to do. I mean, if you do decide, you know what, I'm going to move on, you need to enjoy your job today because you've got to get the right energy flowing that's going to actually allow you to reignite your inspiration so that you can find whatever job is more right for you so you can figure out the answers, so you can figure out what you're passionate about. And obviously, if you decide that you're staying at your job, you definitely don't want to continue to not enjoy your job as much as possible if that's what you're working through and struggling with. You want to continually be able to increase your job satisfaction. And we actually have more control over that than we may think. So we are going to get into all of that after the break. Welcome back. You're listening to the possibility of today on Web Talk Radio. And we've been talking about this latest Gallup poll and the fact that 70% of people are either disengaged or not inspired by their jobs. And we've also been talking about if you fall into that 70%, how do you make the decision about whether or not you should stay at your job or if you should really seriously consider quitting and figuring out what's next for you? if you do decide that you want to move on. And now we're going to move to the topic of how you can make sure that regardless of what you decide about, whether you're staying or going, that you find a way today to start enjoying your job and the people you work with and essentially just move through the day feeling inspired and just much better perhaps than 
you have been in the past. And I have a tool that you can put into use starting today that will absolutely help you do that. And it's not something that you may have considered before, but it's something that absolutely works. And it's mindfulness. And if you've listened to the show before, you've heard me talk about it. And I'm a big believer in all of the benefits that have been scientifically proven time and time again that are associated with the practice of mindfulness. Now, moving through the day mindfully may not necessarily be something you think of as a solution to feeling disengaged or not inspired at your job, but I promise you it is. There actually was the study that I came across. It was in the Journal of Applied Psychology, and they studied this large group of employees that worked in all types of jobs, you know, jobs at hospitals, schools, nursing homes, retail stores, public offices. And in this study, they had the employees practice mindfulness. And as you may already know, the formal definition of mindfulness is a state of non-judgmental attentiveness and awareness of moment-to-moment experiences. And what that means is that when you're mindful, you're paying attention to what you're doing at the present moment. For example, you know, I'm writing an email and my attention is focused on writing that email and whatever message it is that I'm trying to communicate to whoever I'm sending the email to. You're not partly paying attention to writing the email while your mind is also wandering about, you know, what am I going to have for dinner or how tired I am? I don't feel like writing this email or I don't like the person I'm writing the email to, or I mean, a litany of other things that our minds can have a tendency to just go and wander about. And anytime you catch your mind wandering from what is in front of you, you just gently pull your attention back to what you're doing. And in a nutshell, this is the practice of mindfulness. And of course, there's a ton of research and a lot more information on the practice of mindfulness, but this gives you a general idea of of what it means to be mindful in case you haven't heard about it before. Well, anyway, the study in the Journal of Applied Psychology found that when employees were more mindful as they moved through the workday, they had lower levels of emotional exhaustion and higher levels of job satisfaction. So when I came across the study, I thought, wow, this is interesting. And it's something that could really be helpful to those 70% of people that are feeling disengaged and uninspired or not satisfied with their work. The reality is that there are things in our work environment a lot of the times, like our coworkers or our bosses or just anything that's going on on any given day, there's just certain things we can't control. But the one thing we can control is how we react and how we feel as we move through the day. And so we can actually bring the right type of energy into our day and really start feeling more engaged and inspired no matter what our job is or who we work with. And we can do all of this just by being mindful. I mean, does it sound too good to be true? I know at first I was like, that just seems too simple, but it's not. And that's what I found so interesting about this study by the Journal of Applied Psychology, because they've come across this solution that a lot of people need and are probably looking for. And what's even more interesting is that starting today, you personally can start integrating a mindfulness practice into your workday. And even if you love your job, you know, if you're part of the 30% of people that's just enamored with where they work and you love what you're doing, your job satisfaction can increase too. And you're probably going to feel 
even better if you start moving through the day mindfully. And clearly, if you're a part of the 70% that feels like your job is draining or uninspiring or it's just, you know, sucking the life out of you, as this study shows, moving through your workday mindfully is absolutely going to increase your job satisfaction and improve how you feel throughout the course of the day. I just thought that was really great information. And I actually came across something else that I thought was really a good tool to help practice mindfulness. So you may know I'm always kind of flipping through magazines or reading books and just trying to find things that are going to help us live today better than yesterday. And I was reading through this magazine and came across this thing called the Now Clock. And the Now Clock is essentially a tool that reminds you to be mindful as you move through the day. It looks like a regular wall clock, if you can kind of envision that in your head. But it's special because it's not really a clock. It has like the swinging pendulum. And every so often it just catches your attention and reminds you to bring your attention back to the moment in front of you. And if you've ever worked on moving through the day mindfully, you probably have noticed that it's a practice, right? It's something that you get better and better at. I know when I first started practicing mindfulness, there were so many times throughout the course of the day where I would look up and realize, oh man, my mind's been wandering again and I'm definitely not focused on what I'm doing. And when your attention is split between what you're doing and just the thoughts that are just continually running through your mind, it really does feel draining even if you don't necessarily realize it at first. And a lot of us don't realize it because it's almost like we have developed a tolerance to our minds running because they've been doing it for years. But the thing is, once you start moving through the day more and more mindfully, you completely will notice the difference. In fact, I came across this other article that said in just one week of mindfulness practice, you can improve your job satisfaction. <laughs> so you got to try this, right? Anyway, I reached out to Richard Helsley, who is the CEO of this company that creates these now clocks. And I interviewed him about the clock and how it works because I wanted to learn more about it. And he actually personally has a very interesting story. I asked him to also share his story because it has everything to do with what we've been talking about Here's an excerpt from our interview where he shares how he transitioned from his real estate business to being the CEO of this company that creates the Now Clock. And later on in the interview, you're going to hear from him because he's going to explain the clock, how it works, and why it helps us manage our mindfulness practice as we move through the day. Well, I wanted to talk to you today, Richard, because I know that you have essentially come up with this concept which is the now clock. And I'm really intrigued. I kind of came across it when I was going through a magazine. But can you tell us your story, kind of how you got here? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm originally from England. I moved over to California about 20 years ago. And um, I was, I think, typical of a lot of, uh, a lot of people at the time. Um, I was financially driven. And as a result of that, um, I was missing uh, the, the richer and the deeper aspects of life and not paying as much attention as perhaps I should have done to things like relationships and, um, you know, everything that's beautiful around us in life. 
So Richard's story gets really interesting because he had this successful real estate business, but then it collapsed. Listen to how Richard explained it. Uh, around my, the time of my early 30s, it all collapsed. Everything collapsed. The business went bust. Uh, interest rates in the UK went through the roof, etc. Um, so um, real estate got hit really hard and the business went bust. I lost my home, lost my car, you know, all of that stuff. So I was at a point where I was in my early 30s and thinking, okay, what do I do now? And um, California beckoned. So Richard then came to the States and one of his colleagues told him that he was essentially dying a slow death on the inside and suggested that he go to this personal development event. Richard said he was like, no way, and was totally opposed to it. Listen to how Richard described what happened. So I came over here and um, decided to, to give it a go and met somebody who could tell that I was, I think the words he used inside, uh, sorry, at the time were that I was dead inside, which was quite a sobering thing for me to um, hear. And he mentioned one of these personal development courses to me and um I'd read about those in the English newspapers uh, <laughs> and just, you know, just thought, no, absolutely out of the question. There's no way you will ever see me at one of those events. But of course, he finally gives in because his colleague tells him that he's so confident that this event would help Richard. And if it didn't, that he would personally give Richard the money it cost to go to this event. So reluctantly, Richard went to the event and Listen to how he described what happened. So the first couple of days I'm sitting there, um, arms folded uh, at the front of the class, you know, 30 or so other people. Everybody's just opening their hearts <laughs> to the facilitator, to being in that group, etc. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, I don't know what's wrong with these people, but they're all nuts. There's nothing wrong with me. Um, I don't need to be here. If everybody else fixed themselves, I'd be fine. But then he has this major epiphany and a realization about his life and how he needed to do things differently. I realized in that um, personal development course that basically what happened, I think, is my heart opened up and I made a transition from purely being in my head in my ego, which was, you know, it's all about me to that different perspective, which is, wow, yeah, you know, we really are all connected and what somebody else is going through, I could relate to. And it, it truly just opened me up. As a result of that, I basically went from being a complete atheist to someone who embraced and, and felt and, and now feel um, the, the spiritual dimension of life. Wow! In a in a in a weekend or just in a, one course? Wow! It was it was that quick, and it totally transformed my life, as you can imagine. And as Richard said, it totally transformed his life. And now, twenty years later, this epiphany has had a lasting impact on his life, and it continues to transform his life in so many positive ways. I'm sure you're wondering, you know, what his epiphany was. Listen to how Richard explained it. And I just got this sort of um, epiphany that once we sort of grasp that, once we forget 
to everything, for, not not forget everything from the past, but I guess <laughs> guess what I'm trying to say is once we get ourselves fully present, once we bring ourselves into that moment of awareness, then I realized that in that moment, we can change our lives. We can choose differently. We can honor what's happened in the past. We can deal with it in whatever ways, but that in that moment of of just awareness that's that's when we can make the change and and so it was it was just the, the epiphany of now it's like okay it doesn't matter what happened i mean because i was i was resentful if you like uh, uh towards the british government for mismanaging the interest rates and towards the banks for being greedy and so i was carrying all this negative energy and and it was just it was a case of I'd literally carried it across the the Atlantic Ocean, right. <laughs> carried it from England to America, and it's like, well, what of what use is this to right. me? I got to just let this stuff go and be here now. And of course, what he says is just so insightful. And the practice of mindfulness really is about being here and now and taking advantage of the moment you have in front of you right now and not letting it be tainted by things that happened in the past or your frustration or issues with your coworker, your job, but instead to focus fully on the moment in front of you and do with it everything that you can so that you can infuse your great energy into it. And this obviously not only makes you more productive, it helps you make progress. It just also gets you really good results and allows you to feel better. And this is where the now clock can really help with your mindfulness practice as you move through the day. As we've been talking about, and, and even as Test Vision recommended, it's important to redefine what remarkable means to us. And so since Richard experienced all these changes with his job and this epiphany, and you know, obviously now he's doing something that he loves and feels really passionate about, I thought it would be interesting to hear his new definition of remarkable. Listen to what Richard shared. What is remarkable? Like when you're thinking about yourself, how do you now define, you know, remarkable and what that means to you and to live remarkably? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, um, off the top of my head, <laughs> I would definitely say living in the moment, like we mentioned before, being aware that yes, I do have a past and I do have a future, but those things don't define where I'm at today. They, and so being aware, being in the moment, bringing myself back to, uh, okay, what's really important now, that to me is, is remarkable. I just thought that was such a profound and insightful way that he explained about what it means to him to live remarkably, and it's obvious you know, that consistent with the study by the Journal of Applied Psychology, that his mindfulness practice has immensely helped him and his job satisfaction. And that's really why I love this now clock that his company's created, because it really can help you immediately with your mindfulness practice. Listen to what Richard shared about the clock. Can you tell us about the now clock and kind of how you use it on a day-to-day -day basis? The now clock is basically a wall clock that has the numbers um, 1 through 12 around the outside and just has the word now in the center. It doesn't have hands. It does not tell the time. It has moving pendulums, different interchangeable pendulums, 
Um, so the pendulums obviously move back and forth. So they're eye-catching. Because they move, because the pendulums move, it catches your eye and brings your attention back. So it essentially helps, it's a tool to help you from letting your mind wander. Yes. You can catch yourself, which is a practice, which I'm sure you do. I know I've been doing it for years, and you get better and better at it. But a lot of times when we have these things like this now clock and an actual visual thing we can see, it allows us to really strengthen that practice and to get better and better at it. Yes, very well said. It's It's a tool. It's a reminder and a tool. So that's the now clock, and it really is so cool, and you should check it out. You know, even, again, if you're happy at work and you don't feel like you need to increase your job satisfaction, it's always worth it to get better and better at practicing mindfulness. And this clock can really help you do that. And there's just enormous benefits we know that we've been discussing about really being able to move through the day more mindfully. So if you're interested, Richard shared how it can work for you and also how you can check out the clock. Okay, so when you're sitting in your office or is somebody sitting in their office and they're just working and working, the idea is that they'll like glance up and they see this clock and then they're like, okay, you know, your mind has been wandering or you've been really, really immersed in work or whatever the case is, but just basically have what a lot of mindful teachers call like a moment of pause where you just kind of sit in and just kind of have a, a moment to realize who you are, what you're doing. Yes. And center yourself, right? Yes, and, and what's important. And what's important. Yes, because again, you know, the, the pace of life is so fast these days that we, we get focused on, on something, on a project or whatever, and yeah, we need to be reminded, we need to remind ourselves of what really is important in life. Just keeps you also from getting too sucked in, you know, exactly. where you like look up and you're like, where did the day go? Yes. Where, <laughs> where did the time go? <laughs> yeah. And you have to have what I've noticed, and I'm certain you've probably had this experience, too, is the more moments that you have where you really are kind of conscious of who you are, what you're doing, and you're more thoughtful, your mind is on what you're doing in front of you, the less heavy the day feels, the less you feel scattered and frazzled like you're running through the day. And I could really understand why a clock like this could really help someone do that. Yes, exactly. And then also, once we've just check back in with ourselves effectively into the, and brought ourselves back into the moment, which might just for some people mean still staying at their desk in front of their computer, but just, just maybe lean back for a moment and just close your eyes and just have a couple of deep breaths or text someone that you love or something that is just breaks up the, the, uh, the day and, and the monotony, monotony and the focus of uh, a lot of work projects, for instance. Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, I love the idea. I love the concept. And I, I think it's brilliant that you've come up with it. I think, I think the key is it doesn't matter what you do. It's more important what you don't do. By that, I mean, what's important is that we unplug. We unplug ourselves from being the hamster on the wheel so that we can just pause and just, just check in with ourselves. And to go back to the specific question that you asked, if anybody is thinking, well, I've got this this job that is, you know, functional, it pays the bills, etc., but my heart is that I want to do something creative or I want to go off in this direction or change career or whatever it might be, no one can tell that person what they should do. The only voice that they can possibly hear, I think, is their own inner voice, 
And the way to access that inner voice is to unplug and be quiet and just feel. Feel, you know, what, what, are they, what is their heart telling them to do? What is their soul telling them to do? Yeah, no, I think that's amazing advice. And that's really why I love this clock, right? Because if you're just taking these moments to pause as you move through the day, yeah. eventually the answers start rising to the surface. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's exactly it. And, and that's very well said, yes. The, but they, they, they're, they're not going to rise to the surface if we are constantly in our heads, busy, busy, busy. Yeah, if we don't unplug, if we don't take those moments. Yeah, there's no room. Moments. That's right. So literally, we, we have to unplug. And the benefit of the now clock is that it's a tool to remind you to unplug. Yes, it is. And I thank you so much for coming and sharing. If we're interested, Richard, how do we find the now clock? How do we get more information? Where do we go? Go to the website, which is nowclock.com, N-O-W-C-L-O-C-K.com. And there's a short video there of me explaining the now clock there's different uh, color choices different pendulums i think there's about uh, 12 or 13 different pendulum options from relax believe live laugh love meditating buddha there's all sorts of um, fun little uh, pendulums and the great thing is that people can actually then um, change the pendulum depending on uh, you know what they're feeling that particular day very cool very cool well thank you so much richard for joining us we really appreciate it Thank you, Sybil. It's a pleasure to, to talk to you. So thanks again to Richard from Now Clock. And if you are interested, as he mentioned, you can drop by nowclock.com and check out those clocks. And I also included the URL in the show notes for this show. And they're really cool. I think that you're going to like them. So it's definitely worth taking the time and checking it out. You know, and as we've been talking about the clocks and just anything that's going to help with your mindfulness practice is important. And especially if you're a part of that 70% that just feels like something has to change about your job or improve about your job satisfaction. And if that's the case, then today really is the day to get serious and to start doing something about it. As we were talking about earlier, the first question to answer is whether or not you're going to stay or go. And if you do decide it's time to move on, then you're going to want to find your way to the answer of what's next. And of course, both of those answers are answers that only you have. And that's why it's good to really sit with these questions for some time. And of course, to practice mindfulness as you move through the day so that the answers can rise to the surface. But regardless of what you decide to do, whether you decide, you know what, I'm going to stay in this job or, you know, in the future sometime I'm going to start doing something else and do something that I feel that I'm more meant to do. Regardless of what decision you make, what you're going to want to start doing at work is moving through the day mindfully. This is going to have a dramatic impact on the way you experience everything. And as the studies have shown, it can literally improve your job satisfaction. Also, as we've been talking about earlier, there have been positive benefits that have been shown from practicing mindfulness during the workday in as short as a week of practice. What I love about that is that the positive effects aren't something that you're going to have to wait and see. You're not going to have to figure out, okay, does this really work for me? I mean, we're talking about just taking a week and trying it. 
In fact, I would bet you that if you just really focus on being mindful and focus on what's in front of you for one day, you are going to completely notice the difference between that day when you moved through it mindfully and other days when you didn't. It's just almost impossible not to notice the difference in how you feel and just how the day feels as you're experiencing it. And that's the show for the week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy your day and the rest of the week. We'll catch up next time. And of course, live today better than yesterday. To learn more about making a change in your life, visit possibilityoftoday.com. Don't forget to like Sybil's Facebook page by clicking the Facebook icon on her Web Talk Radio profile page. You can also follow her on Twitter using the handle at Sybil Chavis. Thanks for listening this week. And remember to be entertained, be inspired, be informed.